The 24-year-old from Dawsonville, Georgia, is about to join his father, Awesomeville, in elite company. Chase Elliott is a NASCAR Cup Series champion. Yeah! Ring that sign, boys! Yes! Yeah! Awesome, awesome, awesome! Love you, boys! Love you! Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays, all that jazz to you and yours. Welcome back to the Full Tank with Phil podcast, the first ever podcast about gambling on NASCAR. And this time around, it's just going to be a little quick episode. We're going to do a year review episode. A lot of these gambling podcasts and websites for, for other sports, you know, they give out a lot of picks and they don't really, you know, raise their hand when things don't go well. So I thought... Just as something fun to do here on my holiday break from my real job, wanted to just pour through all of my notes and get a collective look at how we did this year betting on the NASCAR season. They were really happy that NASCAR did a great job getting the full season in. So I went back and looked at all my notes and tallied up everything that we talked about. And I'm going to present that info to you in a, in a way here in just a bit. So um, the way we're going to do this is we're going to look at the three major pieces that we talk about. If you've listened to this podcast a few times, you kind of know that our, our episodes are broken up into a few different segments. First is looking at the race winner. Who do we like and why? Then it gets into the prop section where we talk a lot of times about top 10 finishes because there's some good odds you can find there. And then we finish it off with head to heads. So those are the three areas that I'm looking back at and kind of doing some tallying up of the data to see, you know, a presentation of how do we do? Uh, so there are some other bets, obviously prop bets and things like that, that are out there. I didn't dive that deep, uh, because to be honest with you, the stats that we did pull, took a lot of time to do to begin with. So let's give a, a breakdown of how we're going to present this and um, and then we'll talk about how we did. So in order to visualize this, I think the best way to go about it is let's just say we have a random guy who at the beginning of the season loves the podcast and they say, I'm going to take every single one of the bets that they talk about on the Full Tank with Phil podcast. All right. Now, just for easy math, we're going to say, and you know, I know that there are a lot of people out there that bet a lot of money. And I know for a fact, there are some people out there that bet very small amounts of money. So let's just say for the math purposes, we've got this random dude who's going to say every single bet that we project, they're going to throw $10 on. Okay. That's how they're starting the season. So the way you got to think about this as we go through these numbers is Let's, for example, talk about the Daytona 500 last year. We discussed four different guys that we liked to, to bet on, all right? And we did choose the winner last year, Denny Hamlin. So we hit Hamlin for plus 1,000 last year. So that guy would be winning. His payout would be $110. So you also have to take into consideration the fact that that guy would have bet $10 each on the guys that didn't win. So that's a, a loss of $30. So we gotta, we're going to have to think of it like a business here. We've got you know gains and losses here throughout the season. So we're 
you know, thinking of it that way, and at the end, we're going to have our, our total profit and then the, the expenses, I guess you could call them, and then the net gain at the end. So that's really how we're thinking about it. Now, let's start by talking about race winners, because a lot of times, you know, that's what people care most about when we're talking about gambling and uh, especially people who aren't really into gambling as much as, you know, myself and people who are probably listening to this right now, they just care about who's winning the race. So out of, and so, so there is a kind of asterisk here because the schedule, because of COVID, as we all know, got a little jammed up and there were some midweek races where I didn't have an episode on those. And I did project out some picks on Instagram. I don't have those. And to be honest with you, I didn't put as much effort into those anyway. So we're kind of calling them a wash uh, for this random guy that we're using as a hypothetical uh, to say he probably, you know, maybe didn't follow me on Instagram, etc. So we're just going off of the races that I have my notes on. So it was 33 total races. And we hit the winner just about half the time, 15 times we projected the winner, which, you know, in gambling, that's pretty good. I myself wish we could have done better. But looking back as I'm going through, I mean, we hit some serious droughts. Um, it, it really just goes to show you how hard it is to to pick winners. So really happy after a little bit of time thinking on it 15 times out of 33. That's really good. Now, when you look back at some of our highlights there, I mean, because, you know, 15 times out of 33, not bad, but it really comes down to how the odds were for those 15 winners, right? Because when we're making picks, it's not to us, you know, about just picking the favorite every time. We're trying to find the guys who have the best odds and the best track record, et cetera. If you've listened to this podcast at all, you know that that's really what we're going after here. So we are going to miss on some of these races. But the hope is that when we do hit, we hit big. We started off big, like I said, with Hamlin at the 500, plus 1,000. We love that. And to be honest, to me, that was a big feather in my cap because, you know, to start the year, I had friends of mine who, you know, I, I live in an area of the country that doesn't really care that much about NASCAR and uh, people texting me before the 500, like, hey, you know, aren't you a, a loser as a podcast about NASCAR? What, Who's your pick here? And Hamlin was the guy I was telling people. So I really felt strong about that coming out of it. Um, we actually went back to back, plus 650. We, we hit with Logano the very next week. So we we're coming out of the gates hot, and that felt good. Um, a couple of the big ones, we had another Hamlin plus 1,000 later in the year, a uh, plus 900 win, and uh, a plus 800. I, I don't have who these guys were. I probably should have, but we hit for all of Chase Elliott's road course wins. Those were, you know, lower value, but still nice to cash in on. We hit on Elliott to win the championship at the end of the race, but there is one big one that I want to call out. It was kind of a season saver, to be honest with you. Late in the year at Texas, it was Kyle Busch hitting plus 1,500 for us at the end of the year. That was a huge win for the podcast. And when we're doing these numbers, it really, I think, kind of puts us into the black. So real good win there. I mean, we stuck with Kyle throughout the year. We know that he struggles, but, you know, we stuck with him and it ended up paying out for us in the end in that last month of the season. So really happy to see how that cashed in on us. So looking at the numbers for just the race winner, if you are that guy betting $10 on every guy we talked about, you would have won $1,157. Now, you would have your expenses to get to that number would have been $990. So you're only really walking away with $170, bucks essentially. Um, but still, 
in the black. That's what we want to see, you know? So even though it's not too much, if you're spending $10 a bed, 170, 167 to be exact, it's not too shabby, right? Um, now let's go to the top tens because the top tens were another thing. And this is another section where we're calling out guys. It'd be so easy to call out Harvick every week to finish in the top 10, but those values are horrible. You know, especially if you're a guy betting $10 a bet, minus five, six, he's not going to get you anything. So we're taking guys that are giving us better value. And plus 100 is the most common odds here that we're seeing. So we hit 27, actually, no, 29 top 10 picks throughout the year. Um, so we, we missed on 45 of them. All right. So 29, 45, not great. When you look at the math that way, if it's like a win-loss situation, but what matters is the odds. And we actually come out pretty well here as well. So there were some that were minus money, minus 125, I see, minus 175. You know, and we're, when you're betting $10 a, a pop on a minus 175 odd, you're only walking away with a $5, you know, gain. All right. That's why we go for the bigger numbers. We hit a big one plus 350 with Ty Dillon late in the year. So that was a big one. Uh, but a lot of times it was, you know, plus 100, plus 125, plus 190, plus 200. Those are the ones that are going to get us to where we need to be. So when you add up all of that math, you're walking away with $670 profit and $450 of expenses. So you're walking away with a $220 net benefit there. So again, we come out on top for this season. So we were really happy to see those numbers come out that way, especially when I was adding up all the tally marks for the misses. It was like, wow, you know, it's a, it's a lot here that we're missing, but coming out on top. So it really is giving us confidence next year. You know, if you're someone who's listening to this, it really makes sense to avoid the, the you know, easy picks when you're looking at top tens, even though it makes sense from a win-loss perspective, the reason we're doing it is to call out the longer shots. Eric Amarola was our savior in this one. I mean, he we rode him on that huge streak he had in the middle of the season for top 10 finishes. I think he was up to about 10 in a row, and we were on him for essentially all of them. And that was a huge deal for us. So I'm um, really happy with the way that played out as well. So when you add up those with the money that we gained from all the race winners, it's, uh, you know, coming out to be roughly $390 almost. So uh, pretty good overall. I mean, if you're betting $10 a pop, again, you're not a, a heavy hitter. So 390 bucks, not too shabby in your pocket. Now, there was a huge, huge wrinkle, and it was a wrinkle in a good way that came up for us at the end of the season and actually happened in the playoffs. So we started this, we made this pick three times and it started with Ryan Blaney. Okay. He had a rough first part of the playoffs and was essentially knocked out in the first round. But when he had one race to go, it was the writing was on the wall that he was going to get knocked out. His odds to win the championship were astronomical. I think they were like plus 4,000 at that point. And I said, Hey, you know, if Blaney goes out and wins this race, he's back in the game. And this could be a, a big time ticket for you. So place that $10 bet. We lost that $10 bet. But when it came down to Martinsville, there were two more guys that we talked about. It was Martin Truex Jr. at plus 
1500 and it was Chase Elliott plus 2500 and that ticket right there baby was the big one so huge deal Chase obviously goes on to win Martinsville and then win the championship so our championship pick of Chase Elliott when he was down and out right before Martinsville ends up coming in huge so when you do the the math there factors out to be $240 net benefit and our total number now is right around 630 bucks give or take a few dollars in between so 630 bucks is what we're going to call the head and shoulders final number there for the year of just making $10 bets along the way so really really happy with the way the numbers panned out it would have been pretty shitty to you know come on here and talk about the the money that we lost but hey you know, we still would have had to do that. Um, like I said, we're trying to do a, an accountability test here, and I'm just happy to be taking a victory lap instead of uh, raising our hand. So feeling really good about that. Now, let's talk about head-to-heads. Now, head-to-heads, I didn't do any money around because it was a lot tougher to, to get into those details, um, and I actually didn't mark down on my notes some of the, the head-to-head values. Um, it was really just, for me, in going back and looking at this, a win-loss situation, all right? And I was actually kind of surprised because I really felt like towards the second half of the season, we were kind of taking it on the chin a little bit, but we really weren't. Um, our final numbers for the, the races that I have here are a total of 59 to 55. We came out on top. So even though it was just by four picks, hey, Again, if your head's above water in the gambling world, that's a great thing. So, yeah, 59 to 55 was our record that I have counted here from our notes. Um, like I said, there were some races that were lost because of the schedule we didn't do episodes on. I may have had some Instagram posts out there about some head-to-heads, but I, I don't have those. So, in any case, we're going to take those numbers and we're going to run with it. I'm really happy to see that. I honestly was scared to add up those numbers because I, I really didn't feel like we were doing that well in the head-to-head section. But um, we had one perfect game, and that was Texas. The first Texas race, we went 4-0. I didn't even remember that. Um, I, I thought we didn't have a perfect game, but we, we did. Uh, Texas was a 4-0 record. So really happy about that and uh, just happy with everything all around a great season even though 2020 was a shit show for most people um, this podcast we did pretty well making these picks and it makes me energized to look forward into 2021 so um, yeah a lot of highlights to, to talk about there obviously that championship big uh, pick was a big one and um, yeah we'll look to do that again in the future section of the the first episode so while we're here let's just give a, a quick preview of 2021 just some things that we're you know kind of looking forward to so first and foremost thrilled to be able to see that daytona 500 odds are already out there this time last year that was not the case all right one of the things that i rant about at the end of these episodes is trying to ring the bell to make gambling on nascar more mainstream more fun and there are ways to do that and one of those ways is making the betting more available so to have those to kind of play with you know you wake up and uh play with the uh the sports book app and you see it on there just fun to kind of daydream and think about it so they have denny hamlin obviously going off as the favorite at plus 800 to start the year uh, before 2021 even hits so 
that makes sense. Uh, we will do a full breakdown of that on the first episode of next year, but happy to see that those odds are out there. Things to look for, um, Kyle Larson, I mean, and Hendrick Motorsports overall. I mean, they're coming off a championship, and now their team's kind of getting shuffled around with Kyle Larson coming in. He's just going to be a story that is one to follow. I really am interested to see how that plays out. Then you have Alex Bowman moving to the 48 car. That's just going to be super weird. So Hendrick Motorsports kind of as a whole package deal. That's going to be a very interesting watch this season. Um, there are going to be some other guys that are worth paying attention to. I mean, Eric Almarola, you know, he was a big moneymaker for us last year. And for his career, I know he signed on to race again for Stuart Haas this season, but you know, he's kind of back in that boat again. He's got to go out and prove himself again. So he's somebody to watch. Uh, the Stuart Haas camp saying in that camp, they got somebody new driving the 14, Chase Briscoe. How's he going to transition a cup as his rookie season? Is he somebody that we can rely on and bet on? Tyler Reddick was kind of our guy like that last year from a rookie standpoint because we're going to get some better odds on these guys um, who are coming in. So is Chase Briscoe our, our new you know rookie moneymaker? We'll see. You know, and speaking of Tyler Reddick, you know, how does he transition into his sophomore season? Is he going to continue to get good odds from the sports books for ourselves as the gamblers? Or, you know, are they going to look at him a little bit differently? And is he going to perform to a, a better level than he did last year? Is he going to build upon it? So those types of storylines are going to be interesting. Uh, another one, and, and just, and I kind of forgot to call this out in the top 10 section, but I, looking back, I became kind of obsessed with betting on Ryan Newman and Matt Kenseth. And obviously, Kenseth is gone now, thank goodness for my wallet, because we just kept missing on them. Their, their odds were enticing. Now, towards the end of the year, we caught on and we said, you know what, we're done. We got to quit them. Uh, but they still did not do it last year. And Ryan Newman, he's, you know, coming off that Daytona thing. We get it. It was a season-long thing. But now it's a new year. You know, is he going to perform in that six car or is this going to be his last season? That's kind of how I'm looking at it. If he continues to slump... Uh, I can't see how he would stay in that ride for very long. So that's somebody that I'm going to be very tentative to bet on early in the season, honestly, because he, he took us for a bath last year. It was bad. Um, so I'll, I'll see how he does before we start laying money on him. So those are just the, the quick storylines that we're looking forward to in 2021. I know it seems early. Daytona is Valentine's Day this year, still a couple months away, but I'm just so excited, really happy to be able to, you know, jump back on and, and throw this episode out there. Was looking forward to doing a review episode, so I'm glad we got it done. So with that, we are going to finally close it out for the 2020 season. It was a good one. Hopefully you were along for the ride and made some money with us. Thank you for listening for this season. It was a great one. And we are looking forward to getting back together for that Daytona 500 in mid-February. Follow us on Instagram at FullTankPhil, and we will see you for the 500. Have no place to go Goodbye, baby